0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Today, we celebrate, as I said, the birthday of the church. Uh, that's kind of an amazing concept, isn't it? Think about that, the birthday of the church. I think it's important that as we gather on this day that we get a little sense of family, we get a little sense of our history. Everybody wants to know that. In fact, have you noticed how, how important that has become, how many people are doing their DNA searches and and looking up those family trees and doing all that study? You know, we've caught a bunch of crooks because of that. Did you know that? There have been a lot of people, of course, the crooks didn't give their DNA, uh, uh, fugitives, some criminals, but their family members, not knowing their family members, were were. Uh, Guilty of some crimes and put some DNA in the data bank, and all of a sudden they caught some of these guys. So there's this real need, and I think more than ever in our culture, we're divided, we're separated, we're isolated, and people have a desire to know hey, what's my family history? Who do I belong to? What's the legacy? Uh, You know, what am I a part of? I want to be a part of something, I don't want to just be isolated by myself. Well, today we get to look at our great, 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 great grandparents. And we get to see some of our family history today. I hope you have a sense of belonging. I hope you take out of this, wow. You know, we're a part today. On this Pentecost Sunday 2021, we're a part of something that was birthed 2,000 years ago. Isn't it amazing? There was an eyewitness there that day. Now, how many things that happened 2,000 years ago is there a written eyewitness account? We have that. And so we're going to look back to our spiritual roots. We're going to see how did the church begin? What was the plan of God? How did it start? How are we connected? It's fascinating and it's encouraging uh, to have this come to us. Here's what I want you to hear. I want you to hear this very clearly. Everybody listening to me? Okay, thank you for those ten. Everybody listening to me? Thank you. I knew you were. All right. Today, what I'm giving you, listen to me, is not a history lesson. It is not a walk through a religious museum. Today is an invitation for you and me to experience our own personal encounter with what they received on that day that the church began. Can somebody say amen to that? This is very personal. I'm, I'm entitling this message and for the next two or three weeks I'm going to preach something called fresh fire Do you know why? Because this isn't an historical event only it's, a, it's an encounter we can have today We don't just need a historical record of how the church began We need to be the church today Can somebody say amen to that? We need to be encouraged that everything we read in this Bible Is available to us today And so we need fresh fire Someone say that with me Fresh fire has there ever been a time come on let's be honest when you look at across the landscape of america and even the nations where the church has needed a, a rebirth a refire a fresh fire have we ever needed that more than right now i don't believe we've ever needed it more than right now and it's exciting to to get to see this today this day this this day that the church began over 2000 years ago was not a coincidence It was not a random thing. It didn't just happen. It was something God had planned from the beginning of time. It was the culmination of prophecy, the Jewish feast, the Old Testament prophets. It was very clear on that day in the wisdom of God. Isn't it interesting that on one of those days when Jews from around the world were commanded to come to Jerusalem, on that day when the nations had come, God poured his spirit out. So his spirit could go back to the nations. It's amazing what God did. It was his plan. It was prophetic. It had been prepared. The timing was right. I want you to get some sense of this. I don't know if I have the right verbiage and and adjectives. It was a seismic shift. What happened on that day was unparalleled. Up until this time, the Holy Spirit had been interactive on this planet, but never had the Holy Spirit come to indwell human beings, never had the Holy Spirit remained in the lives of human beings. Never before had the uh, the, the kingdom of God shifted into the responsibility of earthly men and women. It was it was earth shaking. It rattled heaven. Can I give you some good news? It rattled hell on that day. You see, it was so powerful and, and, and strategic. And what, what, what else could I say? It was unparalleled. You, you see, Jesus even said this uh, when speaking about John the Baptist. He said, no man has ever been born greater of woman than John the Baptist. What a statement. Think of all the prophets. Think of the apostles. that No man, he said, has been greater born of woman than John the Baptist. And then he made a statement that radically took that to another level. He said, yet the least of those in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. You understand what happened on that day? Heaven came to earth. Heaven not only touched earth, heaven touched men. Heaven not only touched men, heaven came to dwell inside of men and women. It was unparalleled. It was, it was something that had never been seen before. There was a brand new order. That God had released. See, in the Old Testament, as you read your Bible, it was the, the of the of the triune Godhead. God the Father was the was the God uh, person working on the earth. We come to the Gospels, and God the Son, Jesus Christ, was the hands-on earthly director of what was happening. But after the Day of Pentecost, on that day, the Holy Spirit began to be the hands-on director of the Kingdom of God on this earth. And so it is gone from that day This is God's plan I want you to get this And we're a part of this It was God's plan from the beginning As his word evolved As revelation expanded As he moved to the culmination of all things It was his plan From the beginning That God would do a work so great That he would take ordinary men and women Like you and me How many are pretty ordinary in this house? Come on (laughs) Well some great people in the house I guess Because nobody raised their hand Because I know you're not below ordinary. Let me ask you again. How many just regular folks in the house today? Yeah. And I'm glad you great ones are here too. I'm just ordinary. But it was God's plan to take some ordinary men and women. All right. Broken. Fallen. Sinful. And redeem us. Take us back. Buy us back. By the blood of Jesus on the cross. And not only would Jesus come and die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we're rescued from the dominion of darkness, then the Bible says we're born again at that moment. The Holy Spirit moves inside of us. How many are thankful that the Holy Spirit now inhabits your life, has filled your spirit, and walks with you day and night, 24-7? But i got to tell you something. The modern church has stopped there. But there was something else God did. On that day and beginning, not only had we been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and saved by His work on the, Christ and on the cross and now he, he indwells us. God's Spirit moved in us and that's how we're born again. But He said, I'm not only going to live in you, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to clothe you with power from on high. I don't know about you, but as far as me, I need everything God will give me to live this Christian life. If, if, if He will Live in me, come live in me I kind of say it like this He not only wants to be resident in my life He wants to be president in my life He clothes us with power It's an amazing, amazing journey That God has made available to all of us And so as we watch this day unfold as I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leading you up I'm going to read Acts chapter 2 with you We're going to go back and open up the family history but But I want to remind you About who was there on that day I want to make sure we understand As we read this account What was going on Don't put your religious glasses on Let's get reality and look at this moment Who was in that room Well for my Catholic friends The Virgin Mary was in that room Did you know that Mary the mother of Jesus was in that room Did you know Mary the mother of Jesus Was the first Pentecostal Catholic There you go there she was. Who else was in the room? Well, the disciples were there. Former tax collectors were there. There were fishermen there. There was Luke the physician there. There was white collar and blue collar in the room. There were professionals there and working men and women there. There were those in that room formally possessed of demon spirits. Someone say formally possessed. ...of demon spirits. You see, there were men and women there that day. There were young and old there that day. It was an amazing gathering of men and women, and the Bible says God came on them. Now, you have to understand, think with me just for a minute, the 50 days leading up to this day for those in that room had been a wild roller coaster ride. You ever had a couple of months in your life where you couldn't get this thing to slow down? (laughs) You ever had a couple of months in your life where you thought, my God, if I didn't have a seat belt on, I'd been thrown out of this thing. Life's been crazy. Ever had some crazy moments? Ever had some high highs followed by some low lows? Before you got your breath from that valley, you were shooting up on top. Yeah, well, that's where they'd been. You see, they were there on that triumphal entry when, when Jesus' popularity and imprint Had reached its zenith in that nation. The crowd shouting. The the Bible said in the Gospels, the city was shaken like an earthquake with the shouting and the praising and the the excitement of him coming in. And somehow, in a week, someone say fickle. (laughs) Is that still a word people use today? In a week, in a week, they crucified him in a week. I mean, that Passover week was stunning and amazing and he's teaching in the temple and the crowds are pressing and and then Judas betrays him and they're in the garden praying and he's taken and he's gone and they wake up the next day and he's crucified. It's been a rough week for them and they doubted him and they deserted him and, and they denied him and they're hiding and they're afraid. And then he's raised from the dead. You have to get this. I want to make sure you get this. He's raised from the grave. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of think if Jesus... I'm sitting in a room eating and he just shows up. He doesn't use the door. I mean, he's there. I'm sort of going to believe. What about you? I'm going to say... Oh, yeah I mean he said Here put your hand on my side Look at my hands and my feet It's me I'm physically bodily Raised from the dead I think at that point It's a little hallelujah dance Don't you think you Isn't that the start of the Jericho march And the you, Not these guys We go to Mark 16 He rebuked them for their hard and unbelief You remember John 20 Even after that What do we find We'd find Peter saying, I'm going to go fishing. I just can't handle this anymore. Led half the disciples away to quit their call and go fish. After the resurrection. Do you know what changed the lives of those doubting, scrambling, despairing, guilt-driven men and women? It's what happened in that upper room that day. And so for 40 of those 50 days, things didn't go well. But 10 days before this day, 120 of them made a decision. We're going to do what he said. We're going to listen to what he told us. We're going to begin to obey him again. We're going to begin to seek him again. We're going to go in this place and pray. And for 10 days... They had been praying and seeking God and it positioned them for this day. So you kind of see what's going on there. You know, the, the, some of the, this is a, you know, we're looking at our family and some of our roots are kind of, uh, but hold on, we're not there yet. You understand? So, you know, don't, don't act like I've had some say, well, you know, no, nobody understands. I have a hard time. You know, I've struggled with my faith. I, I've had doubted, I've, I've messed up. I go, well, you, you, that's your family knows what it's like. But on this day, those folks experienced something. Let's let's follow along. Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Isn't it interesting the word suddenly? We love suddenly. But suddenly after 10 days... (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Suddenly. Here's what I know. We may take many steps of obedience because God's walking you to a suddenly. If you'll be willing to obey Him and trust Him and do what He said to everybody else, it's going to look like something happened just like that. But the good news is when God is ready to work, it's not about begging and pleading and crying and moaning. When God says it's time, it's time. See, they were where they were supposed to be and suddenly... The plan of God breaks through. Now it says, uh, Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on whom? On each of them. Look at verse 4. What do we read again? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. People ask all the time, Well, how do you speak in tongues? As the Spirit enables you. It's how it happened. Now watch. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Why? Because it was the Feast of Pentecost. Okay? When they heard this sound, what sound? Listen. This sound. A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard, each one heard them speaking in their own language. So something supernatural was happening in this prayer meeting. All right? Utterly amazed... They ask, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors, are you seeing these nations? Visitors uh, from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans And Arabs What did they hear? Are you, listen We hear them declaring the wonders of God In our own tongues Amazed and perplexed They asked one another What does this mean? Some however Made fun of them and said I just had too much wine There will always be a human response To a supernatural act If you're not willing to see God in it I want to say that again There will always be a human response to a supernatural act If you refuse to acknowledge that it's the work of God You either say that's God or you have to dismiss it Hasn't changed in 2,000 years Now, verse 14 Then Peter stood up I like those words yeah. Peter been standing down for a long time <laughs> Peter had been going backwards for a long time. Anybody with me? Peter had been messing up for a long time. But so on this day, Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. Now, the only drunk-acting people in the modern church today who's passed out on the church pew. Nobody partying anymore. Nobody shouting anymore. Nobody rejoicing anymore. The only way they'd call the church drunk in America today is everybody just passed out and went to sleep on the pew. They're talking about these folks are celebrating. These folks are alive. These people have something to say. The only, the only natural explanation is they've been drunk. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but there were some B.C. days in my life. I understand what I'm saying. There were some B.C. days in my life. And I, and, I, and I regret every one of them And I don't like to talk about them But I can tell you from my experience I've seen some people Put down some alcohol I never saw any of them speak in tongues I've seen them hit Jack Daniels I've seen them hit You know, Royal, I've You know, what you want I, I've, I've seen Bud Time, Miller Time And I never saw somebody Drain a six pack and speak in tongues Anybody? I never saw anybody do a reefer speaking tongues. Never saw anybody snort a line speaking tongues. Never seen anybody roll up their sleeve, put in a needle speaking tongues. You've ever seen that? Anybody ever seen that? I don't think so. So what happened? Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and said, "Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. <laughs> These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken." By the prophet Joel. See, God had been planning this day. He begins to quote the word of God. Listen to this. In the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on whom all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Come on, mom and dad. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Before I read any more, come on, we got to pause for a minute. Think of where we are in our nation right now. Think of the struggles we're having with justice and racial issues. Think of where we are. Are you with me? Listen to me closely and think about what we just read. What we're seeing is that God doesn't say, deny your ethnicity, deny your race, throw away your culture. He says, let's bring all these things together. Let's lay them at the foot of Jesus. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to Weave a tapestry of these beautiful colors and streams and avenues and present a church that looks like the body of Jesus Christ that will take this hurting world and flip it upside down. Everything our culture is trying to do today We just read about it Trying to put races together Trying to put genders together Trying to put generations together Every failed effort of humanity To unite our, our, our cities and our nation Will fail But if we will only have an encounter With Jesus through the power Of the Holy Spirit He will bring us together From every race, every tongue Every culture, every gender, every generation Why? Because Jesus Christ Through the power of the Holy Spirit That birthed his church on the day of Pentecost Is the solution to everything we're looking for today And if the church will not be afraid of that If the church will not back up If the church will not give in If the church will not compromise If we'll not give up the Bible If we'll not give in to social pressure If we'll not let the internet write our doctrine If we'll not compromise I believe that Jesus is looking for an opportunity To show himself strong through the lives of God's people Come on, we're the church that started on that day. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was a multi-ethnic church on day one. Come on. Isn't that awesome? I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, well, I, I, I've got to read a little more. Come on. Let, let me, let's go to verse 36. What happened? Man, Peter's preaching. He's preaching. Verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. I, man, this is the guy hiding and running and denying Look at his boldness now Therefore let all Israel be assured of this God has made this Jesus Look at him Whom you crucified Woo. You know, we need some people Some Holy Ghost backbone again Come on, somebody say amen Come on, it's the truth that set you free Not compromise He said this Jesus God made this Jesus Whom you knuckleheads crucified Both Lord and Christ When the people heard this, do you see that? When they heard the truth, then they said, I'm convicted. So you, we're never going to bring people to Jesus telling them living for the devil that you're okay. We need to stop dumbing down the gospel and believe in the power of almighty God. And believe that he loves people more than we can imagine And he's not against anybody But he here is to help them So, So when he tells them the truth Verse 37 When the people heard this They were cut to the heart Said to Peter And to the other apostles Brothers What do we do? You know You hear the truth You don't have to give an altar call People ask you What do I do? What do I need to do? I'm cut to the heart Verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The promise is for you there that day, for your children, those that would follow them. He said, it's for those who are far off. Come on, wave. That's you and me. Thank you, Lord. We're included. For all whom the Lord our God will call as long as people are being saved, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for us. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Listen, we baptized 500 in a day at Calvary, but that's only one-sixth of what I want to see happen. Come on, I want to see a revival. Come on, anybody with me? I want to see the church be the church. Where we have to start doing whatever we do. We, we just find a lake somewhere. Back, any of you ever been baptized in the river? We, we get some water and just start baptizing people because they're being saved. Anybody believe that can still happen? So, with all they had been through in those first, those 50 days following the cross and the resurrection. Why did they go back to the upper room? See, these, I, I want to make this personal for you and I. I'm not just preaching to apostles and prophets today. Are you with me? Pastors, teachers, and evangelists. We're the body of Christ. How does this impact you and me? How does this impact single mothers, moms and dads, students, children? What does this mean to us today? What caused them to go back to that upper room? They'd strayed everywhere. Peter was running off fishing. They're hiding. They're confused. They're discouraged. Why did they go back? What made them say, okay, we're going to give this another shot. We're going to go pray for 10 days. What what, what happened? Do you think maybe they had come to the end of themselves? Do you think that maybe they had done all they could do and it didn't work? Do you think that maybe they finally began to get over the pity party they'd thrown? (laughs) And say, maybe they began to do something that will change all of our lives and say, let's think one more time. What did he say to us on that last night? What did he say? Maybe I should stop hearing what I wanted to hear. And maybe I should hear what he said. Anybody still with me? Maybe those days had brought them to a place where they began to long for the presence of Jesus again. Maybe those days had brought them to a place where they looked at themselves and said collectively we can't do this. We don't have this. We're not getting there. We're we're going backwards. Maybe they reached a place of desperation and said, God, we're off. We're missing this. We've tried to take this over ourselves and we're just not there. Let's what did he say to us? What were those last words? Let, let's sit down. Let's go back. Isn't it amazing what happens when you get back to the word? <laughs> Isn't it amazing when we come to the end of ourselves and say, okay, God, here I am. Made a mess of things, but if you'll give me a shot, here I am, God. How many are thankful God hears those prayers too? So, so go to John 16 and verse 5. John 16, 5. What brought them back? I think they began to look at themselves. Began to see what was going on and said, this isn't working. This isn't what Jesus did. This isn't who he was. This isn't the plan. What did he say? What did he say to us? John 16, verse 5. He says, now I'm going to him. He, 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 he told he plainly told him. He said, now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask, where are you going? Because I've said these things, you were filled with grief. See, they stopped right there. He's going, oh, it's never going to be the same. What are we going to do? We had hoped. We had dreamed. We had planned. This thing's over. They stopped right there. Well, listen. Listen. Verse 7. But, but, I tell you the truth. Are you ready for this? It is for your good (laughs) that I go away. Why? Okay? Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go... I send him to you. Say we look at each other. Did he say that? Yeah, that's what he said. Do you remember that, Peter? I heard it. Do you remember that, John? Yeah. What about you, James? That's what he said. He said it's for our good? That's what he said. So remember, you mean he said it's better for him to go than stay? That's what he said. And then he said, because he's going to send the counselor. This, this one he's going to send can't come until he goes. But that's good for us. they have struggling. It took them a while to come back to the Word. <laughs> have you ever had a season in your life where it took you a while to get back to the Word? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Did you ever have your version of the Word? You took half of it and wrote the other half? How, look in your Bible sometime. How many verses? Only half the verses highlighted. <laughs> so... It's for our good. You've heard me preach it for years with Whiphammer hammer and Cross. And hey, we're getting back on track, by the way. We're going to do Christmas now and then this year. We're going to do other things next year. We, we, it's full throttle. Come on, somebody say full throttle. Come on. And the devil's going to pay interest. <laughs> He's going to pay interest on everything he tried to keep us from doing. Just get ready. huh? So, I'm sorry. Jumped off that track. You've heard me for years preaching Whiphammer hammer and Cross. Jesus said, it's for your good. And the disciples struggled. Come on. For you and I, that may be easier to understand. But for these guys, they walked with Jesus. They stood beside him. Come on. They were eyewitnesses when he raised the dead. When Lazarus came out of that tomb. When when, when he walked on the water and calmed the storm. They handed the meal out when they fed 20,000 people from lunch. And then he says, it's okay, it's going to be better. They're like, "Uh." So the question begs itself. What could be better than Jesus walking beside me? You can answer it, can't you? What could be better than Jesus walking beside me? What's better than that? Jesus inside me. Come on. That's what he told them. He said, you need to understand that as long as we're in this Environment As long as we're under this status You're only with me physically If you have to go to Nazareth And I'm in Jerusalem I'm not there If you have to go to Capernaum And I'm over in Bethesda I'm not there But he said from this day forward You will never take a step Never breathe a breath Never go a mile Never fly too high Go too low Go too far where I am not with you Like you're the only person on the planet they said, we need to do something about that. So they said, okay, okay, okay. This is for our good. Think of that. You and I, how many times, and I understand it because I've said it. How many times have we said, oh, if I could have just been there. Come on, how many would have loved to have been there? Man, wouldn't you love to just walk with him and follow him and listen to him? I, lo- I love to read the Gospels more than I ever have in my life. I read and I'm just like, Jesus, you're the man. I mean, he just... Oh, I'm amazed at him. But Jesus said, you and I have something better than that. that, That's stunning, isn't it? It's better. But he said, it's better because... I'm singing another counselor. Look, Look at the scripture with me. Look at John 14, verse 15 and 16. Just over a couple of chapters in this same upper room, last supper discourse. He's preparing him. John 14, verse 15. He says this, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Now, there's a sermon series for a year. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. Watch this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you, here are the two key words, another counselor to be with you how long? Hmm. Another counselor. Another the Greek words are very specific here. Not just any other. The word another means one of the same sort. That's stunning. Because they'd never seen anybody like Jesus. They didn't think anything could ever be like him again. you understand that? That experience that had his power, his wisdom, his knowledge, his grace, his mercy to, to forgive the woman caught in adultery. To raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to bless the little children, to care about the individual. They had never seen that. They, They were overwhelmed. And then he says, hey, it's going to be for your good because I'm sending someone to you that's just like me. What a statement. And not only am I sending you someone that's just like me, he's going to live in you. So another living in you. Are you ready? you got to start processing this. Another light meat living in you. And while he's living in you. Are you with me, church? He's going to act and react just like I did. So on board with you and me is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He is the counselor, the comforter, the advocate, the one that comes beside me. The one Jesus said it's better for me physically to go So he can come dwell inside of you And he's not just going to come and be kind of like me It's going to be me living in you Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? See, we, we 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 need to get the church back up to who we are This word comforter means someone called to my side But it also is a judicial term Listen to this, listen guys A judicial term that means a counsel for the defense <laughs> Someone that pleads my case. Someone that intercedes on my behalf. Or right, Listen, it's about to get supernatural right now. Are you ready? How many are glad someone can intercede for you above your pay grade? How many are thankful somebody can go to the throne of God and plead your case better than you can? Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26. Get ready to be amazed. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. So how does he do that? How will he do that? How does the comforter, the, the the spirit of God living in us, pray, represent, plead our case, intercede for us? Oh, listen, he's living where now? He's living in us. So, So how does he do this? Romans chapter 8 verse 26. In the same way. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. So he said, I'm going to send you a comforter, a counselor, a friend, my, 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 uh, one like me. We do not know what we ought to pray. Hmm. Anybody ever been there? God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to plead my case. I don't know how to represent myself. I don't know what to do in this moment. Come on. We do not know what we ought to pray for the Spirit himself. Hmm praise and intercede the spirit himself intercedes for us with groan that words cannot express and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with god's will when you begin to pray in that heavenly language when the holy spirit begins to pray through you you're praying the perfect will of god prayer come on anybody with me how many want your children to grow up and love and serve god how many want want them to marry the right people, make the right choices, do the right thing. I have some good news for you because of the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the intercessor, the paraclete. God will pray through you in a language that heaven can alone knows and earth can't teach you. And you begin to pray over them in the Holy Spirit, pray over them the will of God. I'm going to tell you, it, it takes it to a whole nother place. I'll teach you some more about that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 14. I don't have time to do all of it today. How many will come back next week? Thank you. I'll look for you. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Look at it. What do you mean the Spirit prays for? When the Bible says the Spirit is praying, what does that mean? I I, I don't have to tell you. The Bible tells you. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, what's, what's happening? You read it. What, is it, what do you mean when the Bible says praying in the Spirit? Well, how do you speak in tongues? Didn't we read Acts chapter 2? As the Spirit enables you. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> Let me finish reading this and I'll make the comment. Look, look at these verses. So, for I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But what happens? My mind is unfruitful. Could it be the pushback on tongues in the church today? Is because we've exalted our intellect above our spirit. Could it be that we, we are so proud that we can admit that God can do something better than I can do it? Could it be that I want to control everything so much that I would rather distance myself from one of the greatest gifts God could give me, one of the greatest blessings my family could have, one of the greatest blessings my church could have, one of the greatest blessings my nation could have? I have people ask me all the time, Pastor, how do you pray for America right now? How do we pray for our leaders? How do we pray for what's going on? I don't know. But I know somebody that does know I don't know. I don't feel like writing any prayer guides right now. My Lord, this thing's so crazy around us right now. I, I, you know, but here's what I know: when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, my mind's unfruitful. What does that mean? It means it didn't originate in my mind. It originated from heaven, and God came through my spirit. I just love God enough to say I'm willing to humble myself and pray, and allow you to go beyond my capacity. Isn't it? Isn't it sad? that tongues has become a lightning rod in the church when it is one of the greatest gifts that God could give us in our daily prayer life. So, so this is what he said is for your good. And, and, and I'm going to send you another counselor. So they said, you know, maybe we need to get up in that prayer meeting. huh? Let's go get in the prayer meeting. Okay, I'm going to finish this quick because I want us to pray today. Everybody still with me? So, so we see why they went back. But what happened when they got there? Because, I, 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 again, I, I want you to connect to this. I want you to see this. These, these men and women, you need to understand, walked into that upper room and they weren't perfect. How many heard what I just said? I think somehow we've, we've made this, this baptism in the Holy Spirit something that only a few super spiritual holy people could ever approach. I'm going to tell you, do you know why he baptized them in the Holy Spirit that day? Not because they earned it, but because they needed it. Your need and my need. Why does the Holy Spirit pray through me and pray the will of God? Because in my weakness, I can't get there. Is everybody with me right now? We've made the Holy Spirit's interaction with us somehow something so far away and hard to get to and and, and can't access. He's more than ready and willing and eager to encounter us in any way. So what happened to them on that day? (laughs) Well, you. this is the church Jesus said he would build. And what happened to them on that day? They received a, a fiery anointing of the Holy Spirit. The same fire that God wants to put on his church today. Can somebody say amen to that? The same fire. What did we read in John 14, 16? What did it say? He said, the Holy Spirit that will remain with you forever. They were transformed. You know how they went in that prayer meeting (laughs) they they were hiding confused discouraged ashamed embarrassed guilt unbelieving their dreams were dashed they were hopeless they were afraid they were insecure anybody relate to any of that in life's journey (laughs) but after that encounter they became bold they became courageous They became hopeful, they had faith They rose up, they were confident They were secure, does anybody want Some of that? Listen, you may not preach A sermon, you may not be an apostle You may not go to another country But I'm going to tell you what every one of us Need, in fact, you know what happened They became the Christian they always Wanted to be, do you know what you and I Can do, you can be that Christian You always wanted to be You know that Christian you want to be The one that loves Jesus more than yourself The one that loves his presence The one that's delivered from insecurity and depression The one who's broken through their unbelief God wants to meet you in an upper room Fresh fire experience And do that same thing in your life today See, it's the reality The reality of God's presence Against the backdrop of our humanity He's not afraid to walk in where we are The testimony is they couldn't have done that We saw them We heard them. We knew them. This is what God did in their life. This is what happened. Their lives were transformed. They were different people. How many understand that? Different people. Jesus Christ makes us new through the power of his spirit. Finally, they were empowered. They were empowered. They not only were transformed, they were empowered. The Holy Spirit was in them. The Holy Spirit was operating through them. Someone say through the Holy Spirit operating through them. They were now, do you understand this? The new body of Christ. They were very familiar with him walking around with them for those three and a half years. His body that he lived in. And they had gotten hung up missing that. But what he was doing now, you got to get this, is the very same thing he did in that body. He said, now I'm going to do in this body, the church. Are you with me? And they said, you know what happened to them? They said, he didn't leave us. He's here. He's acting like he always acted. What does that mean? Well, we, we were walking to the temple. We'd walked there for, for all of our life. And that lame man had been there all of our life. But on this day, when I walked by the lame man, something inside me said, Hope, turn around and look at him. And now he looked at him. Are you with me? Not just the way he had always looked at him. He looked at him through the eyes of Jesus that was living inside of him. And he said, Pal, I don't have any more money than I had last week. But I got something else I didn't have last week And I'm going to give it to you today And in the name of Jesus You can just jump up and walk And the world changed that day And everything changed that day Do you understand? I want you to get this Yes, signs, wonders and miracles But I want to get this too You, you, you can start looking at some people In your own life in a different way Than you looked at it before Instead of looking at that, well that's the lame man, that's the lame man The Holy Spirit starts to tug on you And says he doesn't have to be the lame man you know that person, that's old Weird Uncle Harry at your family reunion? God may just sit you down next to Weird Uncle Harry this summer at the family reunion. You know, you all got the t-shirt on and out there eating fried chicken and having a big day and watermelon. Could you can invite me. Can I come? And, and, and so, uh, and, and you look it over Weird Uncle Harry and the Holy Spirit says, see Uncle Harry? He said, yes, Uncle Harry said, you know, he doesn't have to die the way he started. He doesn't have to be Uncle Harry forever. I want to do something in his life. You know that person at work that's driving you crazy pushing every button you got. In fact, you probably pushed most of them before you got there that day. What do you mean? Well, on the way driving, if I see so and so today, I'll tell you one thing they drive me crazy. I just can't stand him look at. Their voice drives me. They're going to come over and they say good morning. They don't push your buttons, you push your buttons. Oh, it takes about one and boo. What if you walk into work next time and that person, the Holy Spirit says, I can do something about that. I can change that. I can reverse that. I can move that. See, they were empowered to begin to act like Jesus, think like Jesus, see from his perspective. And, 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 And what happened? They had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Look at this. I, I, I think. Let me make sure because I always want to tell you the truth. It is my last scripture because I want to pray. Look at Matthew 3, 11 and 12. I want you to see this. I love this. See, if, 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 if we are Jesus followers, then let's let Jesus do all Jesus does. How many have, let, have allowed him to save you? I don't, that's a pitiful term. How many graciously, humbly, is the greatest thing in your life received Jesus as your Savior? Okay, well, if you've done that, why don't you let him do all the stuff he does? I baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Has the church forgotten that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? If I can trust him to save me, I can trust him to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you what my cry is today, the cry for the church, the cry for every one of us, every home, every marriage, every situation that we are in. Do you know what my cry is today? Lord Jesus, baptize me in fire. Anybody with me? Anybody hungry? George, uh, Lord, here we are. George and everybody in this room, God, we just come to you. No titles, no nothing. We say, Lord, here we are. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. We trust you as Savior. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Remember where these people started, but God saw them and met their needs. On the birthday of the church, wouldn't it be amazing if the church was rebirthed with a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit? Anybody with me in this? Let's stand to our feet and don't go. Just stand. Worship team, join me. I right now believe that God is doing something, not just at Calvary. I believe something sovereignly happening around the world today. I believe around the world today, something's beginning to stir, and God's beginning to speak to his people, and people are beginning to say, you know, let's, let, 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 what did he say? How many of you are ready to come to that point and say, you know, I heard what I wanted to hear, but let, 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 let me get back over here. You know, let, let me stop saying, well, I've got enough to get to heaven. Why don't we start saying, God, we want to be everything you want us to be. We want to be everything you want us to be. God, I, 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 Jesus, you're my Savior. I want you to be my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Listen very clearly. When does the Holy Spirit enter your life? He enters your life at salvation. Every born-again believer has the Holy Spirit living in them. How many heard what I said? This is not a matter. I'm not talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like they were there. Like we read through the book of Acts God, fill me with the Holy Spirit Baptize me in the Holy Spirit And Luke 24 said, You go stay in the city till you're clothed With power from on high See, I have a hard time telling you What this experience did for me Because I got baptized in the Holy Spirit Eight days after I got saved So I don't really have a long track record I I can't tell you the before and after on my life But I can tell you a lot of people And you know how simple it was for me? I was going to college, running away from God, had my own plans, my own thing I was doing and home between semesters I got saved powerfully by God. He walked in my life and and, 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 and just blew me up and he didn't put me back together, he made me new <laughs> and I had to go to next semester coming, I know I couldn't go back where I had come from You know, sometimes in life, everybody listen to me You gotta draw a line. Say I'll never take a step back behind this line. I'll never take a step back. I didn't have it all figured out, but I knew back wasn't in my future. I had a couple of cousins at a Christian college, and my plan was to go there for one semester and get back in my other studies. So I go to that Christian college and I'm meeting everybody and man, all these young guys are preaching and in ministry and I'm trying to remember where I thought Job was job, you know, in the Bible. I'm saved, but I'm green. Had to use the table of contents to find everything, every sermon I heard. I didn't know where that book was at, but I was looking. I was coming. I, I, you know what? If you have to do, that's okay. You're worth waiting on. We'll wait on It's all right. Been there. End of that week, somebody knocks on my door in the dorm. and say, "George, we got a prayer meeting starting. You want to come?" I said, "Yeah." I go to the prayer meeting. And they said, "Have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit?" I said, "Nope." I said, would you like to? They said, it's going to help you. It's going to release God's power and strengthen your life. And told me about three minutes. I said, yep. Sounds good to me. Because I still felt hell pulling on the back of me. You understand? I was only eight days out of hell. I could still smell the stench. It's like I could almost still feel the flames trying to grab me. I could. Yeah. i would come so far and it wanted me back I felt it I'd wake up in the morning and it's like you don't belong here look at all these people you don't know what they know you can't even carry on a conversation with them you, you, you made a mistake trying to pull trying to pull me and they said hey this is going to give you power I said I'm, <laughs> I'll sign up this is going to Give you another boost. I said, I'll sign up, you know. And they took me to prayer room and prayed for me. Prayed about five minutes. God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I was too ignorant to doubt. I was too naive to figure it out. I just had the faith of a child. I knew I needed anything more I could get from God. So today, don't struggle. Don't try to earn. Don't try to qualify yourself. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit because I didn't want to go back. I've had people baptized in the Holy Spirit sitting in emergency rooms in a hospital because they ran out of ways to pray for their family. And God stepped in and baptized them in the Holy Spirit. I've had people from all denominations, under all circumstances, get to a place and say, I don't understand, I don't know, but God, I just need you. God, I just want something more. He's so faithful. He's so good. Today I want us all in this room From your heart just begin to say Jesus I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit Jesus I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit God I want everything you are You're my savior I want you to be my baptizer I need fresh fire Some of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit a long time Can I ask you something When's the last time his presence overwhelmed you When was the last time your fire was fresh Are you with me Fresh Fresh Get out of your theology right now. I just gave you Bible. My theology is good. I'm going to tell you, my theology right. What I taught you today is right. It'll stand up anywhere, anytime. I'm not, I'm just telling you, you can rest. The theology is okay. This isn't theology. This is hunger, what we're talking about today. Are you hungry for him? Are you hungry for him? God, I want more of you. Just where you are, would you make your altar and say, God, cloven tons of fire on me. Holy Spirit, baptize me. Holy Spirit, come on me. God, I am have my weaknesses. God, I have my limitations. I've got places I have never been able to break through, God, today. I come to you, Lord. If you did it for them, do it for me today. Come on, will somebody get hungry in this place today? Would we just begin to cry out to Him and dare to believe that we could be the church that was birthed in that upper room? Could we dare to believe that He could change our lives and, and it not be ritual and drudgery? Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not what I earn, it's what I receive. It's not something that puts me on a spiritual plane and gives me a badge. It's just my relationship with the Father. Just today, say, Lord, baptize me. <laughs> In the Holy Spirit, we so yield to Him that He says, You know, I'm even going to pray through you. I'm going to pray through you. I'm going to pray in a language no man taught you. As that begins to happen, don't hold back. Just allow God. As those words come, say them. As they spill out of your spirit, repeat them. As the Spirit of God comes on you, my experience was not big over the top. It was very small that day. But it has never stopped growing from that day. You know a river starts with a raindrop and a raindrop goes into a puddle and a puddle turns into a stream. and stream turns into a river and the river can become a flood. Just start where you are and don't worry about the results. Just say, God baptized me. Would you do that today with an open heart, no conditions, no preconceived ideas, no worries about if or not and just say, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, Jesus. You're my Savior now. I want you to be my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. God, we seek you. We seek you. We seek you. Can you just seek him right where you are today? Can you begin a moment in your life? Would you begin right now to say, God, thank you for this season of seeking you at Calvary. You're calling us into a season, calling us into a place not of ritual and earning and pressure and burden, but just the encounter of your presence, God. Just seeking you, Lord. No matter what happens, is good. We never lose seeking you. We never lose saying more of you. God, we become more vulnerable than we've ever been. God, we hold nothing back in this moment and say, Lord, here's my life. I want you. I need you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me in a Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.